This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The international break is now over and after two pointless games against Malta and North Macedonia, honestly, it's it's just a waste of time, isn't it? We are back to Premier League action and, well, what a lot there is to talk about in the Premier League. Um, of course, Everton have been docked 10 points and there's also... St- Things lurking over the heads of Man City and Chelsea as well. And no doubt there's going to be a lot, lot more to come. But we face one of the sides that have benefited from that 10-point deduction for Everton. And a side who have picked up a little bit form of late. That team being Sheffield United, newly promoted from the Championship, finished runners-up last season to Burnley. And they are now in 18th spot. The Blades, though, haven't had it easy this season. Um, And what we'll do is we'll find out a lot more. They're also a club that have got quite a lot of links between ourselves. So, of course, the former club of Lise Mousset, David Brooks, and, of course, Aaron Ramsdale. But let's find out more. It is a pleasure to welcome on to the show from The Travelling Blade, Ben. Welcome to the show, Ben. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. Good old uh, financial fair play moving us up the table. So uh, it's all good. We're almost out of the relegation zone. (laughs) Exactly. You've been sneaking your way out of it. Um, At the start of the season, let's be honest, um, you had that one point against Everton, but it yeah. was a horrid start, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, I think like the the thing, the first game of the season, um, I think was a Sheffield United fans there, the home game against Palace. We almost discount that now because the squad was that weak. Mm-hmm. It was basically like unrepresentative of uh, what we're playing now. Um, I mean, we didn't have uh, Harmer, Hamer. He wasn't in. Uh, Archer wasn't starting. Um, they're maybe the main the two. I think there's a couple of others as well, but a few injuries that have since come back. I don't even know if we had McBurney playing back then. Um, but it was just 
I think the, the way that the, the summer um, was just an absolute shambles. Um, you know, I mean, United fans have debated about it long, saying, oh, well, um, we couldn't do anything about Njai. It was his boiled club. You're going, well, we started messing around doing a little promotional video going. He signed a contract. So rather than editing that, let's actually get pen to paper. Like, we actually apparently had a video ready to like do a celebratory post on social media saying he signed a contract extension. So yeah. we'd have probably lost him next summer, but we'd have lost him for like money, more money. Whereas mm-hmm. uh, Sanderberg as well going, oh, yeah, it was in the last year of his contract. Well, why have we let it get to that point then? And then also not just selling him for like 15 mil, bear in mind we bought him for 20, 21, 22. Um, selling him to Burnley of all teams, a fellow, you know, got promoted with us, fellow relegation rival, um, just stupid. And then I think even if even if we go, well, you know, Sander and Njai, they went, but they went so late and then we're just sort of scrabbling around just trying to get anything from anywhere with next to no money. Um, so we sort of gave ourselves practically no chance for the first few games um you know and then you've got a game away at forest away where we almost lost uh, almost got something but i think one of the main stories of our season is um what's been really annoying is that we didn't expect we didn't expect to be doing great and we expected to be where we are now mm-hmm. but the amount of points we've thrown away as well we could be maybe a couple of places up maybe like even i think like four points above us at the minute so yeah. Like you know, we, we we were we were drawing with Forest until the last minute. We had a point against City until the last minute. Um, that's two points. Spurs should have got one, three points there. We gave away two goals in the ninety eighth and hundredth minute. Should have got at least a point there. So that's three points straight away. So I know that's still with down there, but that three points would be absolutely like monumental for like teams like in our position. Hence why like the Newcastle win was so big for you guys. So. It's been sort of frustrating. Like we knew we like would be struggling, but we've also like like we mentioned about the the Wilder relegation season before. In that season, we were just nowhere near it. We we weren't throwing away points. We just we never got in the position to have points. But the amount of points we've thrown away, it was such a hard start. And you're thinking, Jesus Christ! And then you're getting more players injured, and you're thinking, God, we're gonna have like under twenty ones players, not just on the bench, but actually starting. You know, just makeshift squads um of players that have come in at the, like the last minute have barely played together yeah d- defensive players as well you know it really in defense oh well, i guess all over the pitch you need familiarity in chemistry and these players have been thrown together slap dash um so it's just been um, a bit of a makeshift side and i think we're actually now um maybe it's a bit short-sighted because of just the last two results have been brilliant but i'd say we're almost um and obviously we've moved up a place because of Everton's 10 points. But I think before before the Wolves win, we were like, Jesus wept. And now we've got four points from two games. It's like, Christ, we're actually almost doing a bit better than... Like, if you'd have said to, like, the um, before the Wolves game, Sheffield fans, you're going to get four points from these next two games. We'd be, like, popping champagne. Yeah. Well, it has been, you know, a difficult, difficult start. But what was surprising and... The same can really apply for Burnley as well. Is both yourself and Burnley run away with the championship last term? Yeah. And it just seems that both sides, I think Burnley is mainly towards the style of football that they play. But was it really down to the owner? Was it down to the manager? Because there was a lot of doubts. They, a lot of people thought that he would be the first manager sacked this yeah. season. 
Um, but the owners haven't helped, not done the right things with the contracts, as you say. Yeah. Um, what do the fans blame it on? Well, it's been an interesting summer on uh, Blade's Twitter, as it's often referred to amongst our fans. You've got a few uh, fans that are sort of like quite, some of them with close ties to the Prince that have been coming out, uh, defending the Prince, saying, for instance, with, so the arguments with, so you've got fans absolutely slating the Prince. Um, you want to ask Johnny Gascoigne about the Prince, he doesn't mince his words. Um, it's um, saying that, oh, like, for instance, like I mentioned the Sandu and NGI ones, you've got fans going, like, what a mess, you know, we've sold losing our two best assets. And you've got fans outside of Chef you, you're probably thinking yourself, like, looking in, going, what the hell are they doing? Hmm. Um, you know, like, NGI, easily our best player. Some people say the best player we've ever had in our history. Um, even the older boys that saw the likes of Woodward and Curry in the 70s. Um, so he went and they're going... Well, you know, they came out in defence saying um, the fact that, oh, well, it was his boyhood club. And I'm just going, well, you know, why are we dicking around doing a flipping promo video? Get it sorted. Do the one with Sander um, saying we had no choice. He wanted to leave. Almost having a go at Sander calling him a snake um, and going, he did the last year of his contract. So the Prince came out on on an interview with Chef United Way and um, said something along the lines of he almost wants them to get in. And they asked him about, because we had standing last year of contract, but we've got quite a few high-profile first-teamers. Um, I think maybe, I'll see, I'm sort of falling under myself, but I don't know if I can name names, but I'm going to say the likes of people like John Egan, Ollie McBurney, who, if fit, would be in the starting eleven and have been in the starting eleven this season. Um, I think they might be coming into last year of the contracts. Um, and he's going, oh, yeah, well, it, it's, it's good for motivation. Um, and it's like, yeah, but... Right, so okay, okay, let, let's. I mean, I disagree, but let's take that as granted. You yeah. can't then use that last year of the contract argument for the reason why we sold them. Do you want them in the last year of the contracts or do you not? You can't then say it's good for motivation, but then always the same argument to defend why we sold them off on the cheap to a relegation rival. Um, so that didn't help, and it's also late as well. Yeah. Um, stuff like that, just and then, like I said, we're just scrabbling around for players like. I mean, you know, we got Harmer in, which was that was good business. We got Archer in, which is essentially like a glorified loan. Uh, he's been good for this season. You know, when when we've been able to actually get the ball to him or get him some space to run into, um, we got McAtee back in on loan. That was nice to see. But we essentially came into this season um, with a weaker side mm-hmm. than what we finished in, within the championship. And the side we got promoted with in the championship wasn't as good as the side we got promoted with in 2019 under Chris Wilder. Yeah. And then we went in, and when we went into the Prem, we had a slightly strongest with Wilder back in 2019. We slightly we strengthened it. We brought in like McBurney and Moose. Um, it got a bit stronger than what it was in the championship. So we've already got a weaker squad than we had then. And then we're going in weaker. You know, we lost Sander and Njaya. And then bringing in players um, like Austin Trust has been like, pretty good for us but it's sort of like um he's sort of like players you know you really need when you're playing like us like when you look at how well we did in in under wild in the in the first of the second season was a car crash but the first season it was there was not that much talent there um we didn't have any superstars but it was just so coherent and um a real unit and the chemistry between the players um was incredible and that's why we, we did so well um but the team is with this uh, this season is the, the players have been brought in last minute so they're sort of like learning on the job it's sort of like a yeah um a team that's sort of getting like 
getting it's sort of on the build whilst we're still it's not even you know it's sort of like on the on the a makeshift team that's sort of putting a team together whilst we're also trying to flip in play against Man City and Arsenal. So it's like um I think so I think there's the, there's a lot of people that have sort of very critical of the owner. Um he's tried to sell us twice. Uh, one of those people, Henry Maurice, uh, tried to buy Newcastle, I believe, now in jail. Um, the other guy, I think, got caught out as like this dozy Amoborosi. I think he was, um, um, I think was from Nigeria. I don't know what happened, but that, that dropped off a cliff. I think he ended up being out non-legitimate or something. Um, so he's got really no incentive to invest because he's trying to sell us. So if you're trying to like sell something on, you're not really going to blow a load of money on players if in six months or in the summer, it's not going to be yours, he hopes. Um, I think also there's, you know, Hecky's, I think the reason why Hecky hasn't been sacked is because I think, um, um, I think obviously, you know, he's done brilliant to get us up here. It was hard circumstances. We had a bit of a transfer embargo, I think, um, back in, uh, maybe in January. Um, once again, loads of injuries, staff not getting paid at times. Um so he got he sort of worked miracles to get us to the prem in very hard circumstances. Uh, people say he was lucky with the players, and yeah, you know he had Njai, but then also he's one of the reasons why Njai was peraps as good as he was because he nurtured him through the under twenty ones. So I think they've been sort of afforded him a bit of patience as well because I think the club the owners understand that like yeah this is we're not going to be flipping yeah. ripping up any any ground. It's going to be a hard season, but he's not out of the blame as well because we've got so many injuries and. Um, as a lot of Sheffield United fans have pointed out, that sort of followed him around. I think when he was at Hibernian, there was a history of it there. Mm -hmm. um, I think when he was at Leeds as well, there might have been a history of it there. And some of his in-game management hasn't been the best. Um, but then I think sort of my argument has always been when people have been like screaming hecky out, um, sort of me being a bit of a fence sitter. And they're going, are you hecky? And I'm going, well, who comes in and improves it? And people are shouting wild. I'm going, would he? You know what I mean? Are we going to forget yeah. that second season in the Prem when it was crap and it never really got better? So I think as well, like, I think sort of the board is sort of almost admitting, like, um, you know, I'm not saying, I mean, heck, he isn't blaming his tools. And, obviously, you know, obviously the cliche, bad workman blames his tools. But when you're trying to build a house with, like, two broken hammers, a pair of plastic scissors, you can't really expect much of him. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's just, and I think as well, like, you know, the injuries, is that on him? Is it on the backroom staff? Perhaps. So his game management hasn't been the best. But then the counter argument is we've got the players that we've got. Um, and there's also been times where I'm just looking at the players and going, that's on you. That's on yeah. you. If you're just playing, if you're playing that crap, milling around in the middle of the pitch, not looking like you don't care. And they, they're sort of saying that they are care. And they're going, well, I think you do, but play like it then. Yeah. Just, just run, fight, follow, foul. Just show some fight. Do you think that the last two games, though, because, you know, from what I've seen, you know, there seems to have been that fight in those last two, yeah. which, you know, was that not, you know, forthcoming earlier on in the season? Do you feel that the players maybe have just, from the start, with all this stuff going on around, and there was a lot of stuff as well that you heard in the press that if Sheffield United weren't promoted, there was big trouble on the cards. Yeah. But do you think that the players might have just consigned themselves to, like, this is going to be pretty much impossible because the owner, who, let's be fair, has got a few, Bob, 
you know, has not yeah, well, the same team. I think relatively, I think, I mean, I don't know who owns what, but I think we've probably got one of the poorest owners in the Prem, um, to be fair, which, you know, he's got the money that he's got and we've had some um, great times. I, I just think um, yeah. under the Prince, um, we've sort of got as far as he can take us, really. Um, I mean, like I said, and people come out and defend him, well, the fact he's tried to sell us twice yeah. Um, shows he's, he does he want well he wants to sell us. It just you know we've come yeah. closer to comment. Um, so I think you know he's relatively speaking we're quite poor in the prem. Um, yeah. I think even in the championship we were, we were getting outspent by more teams that are probably still in there. Um, so and not teams that you know teams that are probably still in there now. Um, I think as well we like the players is the fact that it was obviously the. You've got to sort of like account for the gap in quality, and I think um, it ended up like you know it really started playing on their mentality. Um, yeah. Like obviously, they they were I think they were sort of trying all they could. Like, um, but it's just like I think it was just sort of getting a bit soul destroying for them that were you know sort of like you thinking oh we could have got a point away at Forest that'd have been a good snatch. We we all, we almost got something at Spurs. Yeah. I think like the Spurs game um, where they'd given everything. Um, like I said, not, I'm not saying they haven't fought it, but there's been a couple of games, I think, particularly like the Arsenal away, where you're thinking they've just like they're shot to bits here. But I think it was sort of a bit soul destroying for the players, just it was bad enough as fans. But when you're actually going through that in first person and feeling a level of responsibility for it, I think yeah. meant the um, mentally it was just ap- they were mentally and physically drained, and you could really you could really see that. And we just couldn't stay in games, we could give about 45 minutes, and then eventually we'd just be both physically and mentally knackered and the mistakes would show and the you know the class the the extra quality of the opposition would really really you know become apparent then and that's when they'd get that extra yard get a goal from it and then then the players like right we've got an uphill battle now because we were struggling to keep it level or keep it at one nil and now we've got to actually try and try and get on the ball come out and actually flipping score a goal and i just think like the perhaps the, the the amount of times we threw goals away where it's forest the Spurs game, the Man City game, obviously the 8-0 against Newcastle just took their toll mentally. Um, you've got players getting injured, so you've got other players sort of getting thrown in and having to play like longer than they should because we've just got nothing else. Or makeshift teams getting, you know, um, getting fielded, players having to move, playing different positions on different games. Um, but I, I just think it was really... Um, I said before that Wolves game, you're thinking, God, they're, they're physically and mentally shot here. Um, but I think like I said the Wolves game. Thank God we got a win because yeah. it starts playing your mind. Like you, you think about it as fans, but obviously the players will be thinking about it even more. So like, when is that first win gonna come? When is it? And then you know, it's fortunately it wasn't. Obviously it was late, but it was the right side of Christmas this time. Yeah, most definitely, and it's probably a strange time to play as well because of course you got that draw at Brighton um, and we've not been in particularly very good form ourselves albeit we did get a very good result against Newcastle last time out so looking at this table now you know this is a six pointer really for Sheffield United isn't it yeah I think um, obviously it's a massive game for both teams so I think obviously if we win we're only a point below you if you win, you're like seven points above us. Um, and so I think I think I won't be as bold to say for us 
it's a must win, but it's definitely a mustn't lose. Um, I think we should really, I sort of tip us, I sort of think we really need to go and give everything to, we can't, I think the players can't sort of be happy with a draw. Um, we, we, we can't afford to, um, you know, it's like, uh, you know, got to accept that Bournemouth, this is one of the uh, the easier games of the yeah. season. You know, when you're looking at other fixtures, like, you know, we've had Arsenal away already, um, you know, City away coming up and that. Um, Burnley away next week, another, the week after, another massive game. But we've really got to, especially at home, because we have been playing noticeably better at home. Um, yeah. I think, you know, we've got four points at home, uh, what one point away. Um, and away, we just sort of sat around, barely on the ball, trying to get anything. Um, whereas at home, we do actually sort of, we have seemed to actually have the ball for like, a decent, actually have have the ball yeah. for long enough to sort of stage an attack and, I think obviously the atmosphere as well. Hopefully the the fans really get behind them. But it is a massive, massive game. I think for both teams, obviously bigger for us because mm-hmm. um, you know you can barely, but you can afford to drop a couple more points than we can. Yeah. But if we lose this, it's like, yeah. Because I mean, I mean, if you look at the bottom, I mean, before Everton got before Everton got plunged into it, sort of us two, Burnley and Luton were already starting to fall away. And then yeah. you got the win against Newcastle, and we're thinking, ah, bloody hell. I mean, thank God we got that point at Brighton. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're thinking, crap, if Bournemouth start pulling away, we are done for because it's just going to be us three. You know, we can't catch up. Yeah. So we really need to sort of keep the reins on you and get, obviously, that win would be absolutely massive for us. Um, doesn't mean we're going to stay up, but mm-hmm. it would be huge. And just in keep, just keeping our. No, not even head above the water, but head only just below the surface rather than flipping anchor to the bottom of the ocean. So, but I think it's not, a, I wouldn't say it's a must win for us, but it's definitely a must not lose. Well, we did speak about him very, very briefly there, but um, Chris Wilder. And yeah. of course, this is the first Premier League game we did, of course, play in the Championship um, as well during our promotion season. But it's the first time we've played you in the Premier League since the COVID season. Yeah. And what I do want to do is I want to pick your brains on a game which, to be honest, could have saved our football club from being relegated that season. You know what's coming up. It was against Aston Villa and Hawkeye. It's, yeah, it's it, it was a con, wasn't it? What, what was your view of it? I remember watching it. Um, obviously excited that football was finally back. Um, yeah. And then excited as well because we we were doing so well that season. I think uh, I believe when the COVID kicked in, or I think we were mm-hmm. fifth. Jesus, man! How yeah. the times change. Um, we were fifth, and that's so just like, oh great. Um, let's see how we get on here. Um, obviously, Villa away. We thinking they've got no home fans, so it's basically a mm-hmm. level playing field. And I remember the. Um, Norwood, I think a picture was Norwood, sort of went, sent it in. And sort of on TV, I was sort of like, oh, 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 what's going on? Because I couldn't, from the angle, you're thinking that that must have been like close, but yeah. couldn't quite tell. And it obviously it did go over, but not, it wasn't huge. It, oh, it was over, but from the angle, you couldn't quite tell. You're thinking like, is it in, is it, is it in? And you're thinking, and you've seen McBurney like shouting, goal, goal. You're thinking, well, he's going to do with that because you shout for yeah. everything, don't you? So I'm like, I'm sort of like I was like half celebrating, half not like oh, what is, is it? What what's what, what? And I'm thinking right, surely the ref, the ref, the ref. Like 
we've all got our qualms about VAR, but yeah. this wasn't even VAR issue. This was Hawkeye, which I believe came in in 2014 in the World Cup, I think. Yes, I think you're right. And it's always worked seamlessly. We, I've never seen hmm. an issue with it. Thinking, well, VAR, that's got its own issues, part of that. But Hawkeye, however, it's black and white, it's binary, they show you, even if it's like half a millimetre, they show it you and you go, it's annoying, but fair play. It's either not it's over over or it's not black or white. No, no sort of daft lines interpretation, no good process, boys. And it turns out the ref's got his shuffing watch turned off or Hawkeye's turned off. Absolutely unbelievable. And the thing is that makes me laugh is that I think this is probably resonate with you, is that we sort of go on like bloody hell, but then I think we also say, Well, who knows? If we win that game, where do we end up? You know, because yeah. we because that extra two points and then that sort of boosts your mood, boosts your, boosts your morale, um, confidence, and then you go into the next game. Because we sort of like had a 50-50 post-COVID, but, you know, we, we lost some bad games, uh, but we also beat Chelsea and Spurs at home. So it was like one one game we were like really good, one game we were really crap. We ended up like dropping down to ninth. So mediocre. Yeah. Um, but maybe maybe we'd have like really rocketed on and secured a, secured a top seven finish. Who knows? I don't. Well, we never will. But then people always say, oh, well, it didn't affect Sheffield United. They're going, well, we can argue about that. But mainly, it, it flipping sent you down. So people, well, we, Chef, even Sheffield United fans are going, well, don't look at us. Look at flipping Bournemouth, who went down. Was it on goal difference or a point or something? It was literally a point, but we had a better goal difference than Aston Villa. Yeah. So Aston Villa was finished on minus 26 goal difference um, and 35 points. We finished on minus 25 on 34 points. And you could, you know, easily make, you know, the excuse for Watford as well. You know, had that gone in, then, you know, they could easily have been in that mix as well had we not got enough points. So it, it affected, effectively, all three teams. And Aston Villa got the better of that. But then again... And now look at them now. Also, sliding doors, sliding, sliding doors moment, isn't it? Like they're like on like in Europe now, rocking and rolling with mm. great players and a great manager. If that if that goal counts, they go down, they might still be in the championship. We don't know. Or be a bit of a yo-yo club. And likewise for yourself, you would have been had you got those two points, you'd been on level with Arsenal. But then again, you might have been able to push on and you know get some more positive results which could have put you above Wolves that season and into Europe. Yeah, it's just one of them. It's like, it's just um, the old phrase, typical Sheffield United, like the one time Hawkeye doesn't work, yeah. it's when we're playing. But um, I said it was clearly over. And then yeah, the thing is, what annoyed me is the fact that like, they couldn't have like, I mean, I, don't know if, I think even like the VAR cameras could see it was over. So mm. now the fact that they couldn't even refer to those and say, well, Hawkeye's not work, but we've got this. Oh, it's gone over. Goal. And I think I remember hearing like Sky said, Oh yeah, we've just heard the like at half time the ref's watch has just gone off. It's like what's the point of that then? What that's not it's not much use now, is it? So yeah, I mean, you know, we can sort of do hypothetical on how it affected us, but for you it was a pretty direct effect. Um pretty much, you know what I mean? If people say, Oh well, we don't know, maybe maybe you know, Villa would have equalized going, Yeah, but they'd have had to have equal maybe they would have done, but we we don't know. But they'd have been a goal down and they would never went a goal down. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We don't know, but we, sh- we, should, have, we should have gone 1-0 up. What happened there after that, we'll never know. But we should have gone 1-0 up. Well, we did, but because the flipping technology let, let, let us down. Um, so, yeah, it was... Um, but I don't think it's had a mistake since it's just that one game because it was Sheffield. The return of football in COVID... Everyone's looking forward to it, and then technology cocks up. We that we don't get a, a derm. It was a bit of flipping a mad goal for flipping Ollie Norwood as well. I mean, yeah, pretty sure he didn't mean it, but we'll take take it all the same. But you think the Premier League hasn't been kind to Sheffield United because, of course, we're going back now to two thousand six. Uh, no, two thousand seven, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Carlos Tevez situation, which, to be honest, really Sheffield United you know, should have been able to get a substantial amount more than, I think, wasn't there a payout in the end? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that much about it all, but I think we did we did get um, a level of compensation. I can't quote the figure, but, um, yeah. yeah, once again, it was just typical Sheffield United. And then, of course, Hawkeye, and then the subsequent relegation um, the following year as well. But you are back um, now. And one player I do want to actually mention, because, of course, we'll come to somebody who is a bit of a legend here um, and also quite a legend in Sheffield as well. But firstly, Lice Mousse, um that season, you signed him. I always quite liked Lice when he was here. But there was a lot of stories that went round in the background that he wasn't particularly the most, no. um, you know, professional, professional character. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, sort of summed that up. Um, I think in that first half of the season for us, he was absolute mm. dynamite. Um, yeah. The goals he was scoring were ridiculous. Um, if if he could have kept that up, um, we'd have we'd we'd have struggled to have kept him in the summer. Um, mm. But you know, because like I said, the um, he was scoring. He was our, I don't know if he was our top scorer, but he really was. He seemed. He, you think back, he, he seemed like I think he probably only got about five or six goals. We feel like he was scoring every week, but because yeah. we weren't, we weren't, we we were barely conceding. His one goal every now and again was either getting us a point or three. You know, mm-hmm. so um, but like they also the the caliber of the goals he was scoring as well, uh, like Cruyff turning out the sky from distance against Manu, um, just. He, he, he was quick. He was good on the ball. Um, it was like absolutely amazing for that like first half of the season. I don't know if he, I can't remember if he got injured or not. I know definitely towards the end he did struggle with injuries a lot, but yeah. very unprofessional. I think his diet was crap. Um, it was always like yeah. I think he was slightly overweight. Always renowned for like just. I think he was basically like a twelve-year-old in like a twenty-four-year-old's body or something. I don't know how old he was at the time, but 
I think he was just eating takeaways all the time and didn't keep himself fit. Very no discipline whatsoever. Um, I think he, um, I don't think he was drink driving, but I think his mate was driving his Lamborghini and he crashed it or something. Then it turned out that it wasn't, it wasn't MOT'd or it wasn't insured or something. Just really stupid stuff like that. I think he was really lazy. Um, such a waste of talent because, she, like I said, in, in that first half of the season for us, he was absolutely dynamite. Um, scored some mega goals for us. Um, you know, quickly got his own basic chant and all that. And he was like, oh, what a bit of a cult hero. Um, sort of like a proper Sheffield United player, like sort of like absolutely amazing, but then like really like almost crap at the same time. Um, never really got back to the heights he found in the uh, first half of the Prem, even in like the Championship. Um, really injured a lot of the time. Um, had a decent game away at Barnsley once. I think that was probably it. I think he might have scored at Bristol Rovers away in the Cup. Other than that, we saw, like said, like, compared, like the first half of that Prem scene, he was like incredible. And we never got back to the same heights, like either injuries, fitness, just doing stupid things. And I think his career after sort of uh, sort of shows that you know I think he went to like some Italian sides to learn Italian, barely did anything there. Went to like VFL Bochum in Germany. I think got sort of uh, excluded for a bit because of just because of his discipline. Yeah, I ain't got a clue what he's doing now. But yeah, sort of like you said, like there is a there what is was a brilliant, brilliant, very talented football player in there, but just no discipline, lazy. Very unprofessional, uh, crying shame, really. But we he gave us some good memories in the first half of that Prem season, and I got told very similar as well, you know, from a lot of people uh, around the area that you know Eddie Howe gave him chance after chance after chance after chance, and he was always out on the piss and doing things. Of course, these are all rumors, these are all things that people say in the yeah. local area, but let's be fair. You know, if you go to a number of clubs and your discipline is picked up, you're doing something wrong, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, the fact that, like, I know you like to say it's uh, rumours, but the fact that, I mean, I had not heard about them at Bournemouth, but we've like, we've, mm-hmm. we've got the same stories. And then uh, you're hearing about him at that German side getting, like, expelled um, yeah. because of his discipline. So, yeah, but when, you know, there's, there's I know there's one thing saying it's rumours, but when you're getting those at Bournemouth, Sheffield, I don't know what happened in Italy, but then also at flipping the German side as well. It sort of sounds like there's um, you know, a bit of truth behind it all. Yeah. Definitely. But he showed it he showed in his performances, you could tell. Like even though you didn't see him I might not have seen him out having takeaways and beer and messing around, but you, I saw this brilliant player and then it was just crap and lazy and overweight. So it's like, well, something's happened then. Yeah. No, most definitely. And it is it's such a shame because I saw it at an early stage. I thought this player's he's got something, you know, good going for him. And it could be the reason why Eddie Howe did let him leave the club in the end. Yeah. Um, because of that. But let's talk about somebody who is a legend here, a legend at Sheffield United has had an awful stroke of luck and we did touch on it very briefly but um got the all clear thankfully the day we was promoted to the premier league against nottingham forest it was actually that day i didn't realize it coincided yeah it was actually that i think it was about three o'clock it was announced that he yeah. got the all clear. And of course, everybody was buoyed up by that because going into that day, we was very, 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 very nervous. And then all of a sudden, 
it was announced David Brooks has got the all clear and we thought, right, okay, this is going to be a good day. It ended up being so, but nice David one. Brooks, go on, you got the room. You, you, you tell us, Ben, what you made of the man. Uh, absolutely loved him, um, even though we sort of only really had him for uh, a season, I think. Um, yeah. It was amazing for us. Um, really influential player going forward. Um, you know, about seven stone, about seven stone wet through, about five foot eight or something like that. But yeah, when people say, "Oh, he's going to get," he, but he never got bullied off the ball because he was just that agile. He didn't need to be strong, you know what I mean? He just, he never really got bullied off the ball because he just sort of danced past players like a mosquito. Um, he sort of, um, like I said, maybe he did get a couple of goals and a couple of assists, but that didn't tell really the main story because he just the way he just sort of pick up the ball and. Uh, just progress the attack or get the like the second assist or the call it or just sort of uh, like between himself and Duffy just sort of chop open their defence or just slice open with like a you know a zigzag run or a bit of yeah. skill um, great pass on him um, some of his uh, main highlights for us were uh, the winner away at Elland Road um, virtually in front of the away end as well brilliant first time finish um, very young lad away at Elland Road uh, on Sky Friday night, you know, it's one all in the, like, the 83rd minute and he puts us 2-1 up with like a really calm, collected finish. Um, I'll always thank him for that. Some of the most uh, some of the most vigorous uh, violent scenes I've ever been a part of, uh, you know, that are up there with our Sharps equaliser at your place um, yeah. as well. He was, um, he sort of, I always remember this game, he got man of, man of the match in the famous 4-2 victory away at Hillsborough. Um, put, Jack Hunt actually put it um, absolutely incredible nutmeg on Jack Hunt. Um, sort of, it's just a shame he ran down and sort of, I think he got a bit overexcited and overhit his pass to Leon Clark. So I think Leon Clark ended up skying it, but he sort of overhit it. So Leon Clark had to sort of like chest it down and sort of, you had to do, a, you had to do quite a lot of work to try and control the ball. And by that point, he'd sort of skied it. So, but um, that game at Hillsborough, you know, he didn't score a goal. Leon Clark scored twice. Duff, Duffy was the man of the moment, but David Brooks got the man of the match. He was just that good. And without him, we don't win that game 4-2. We don't win that game at all um, without Brooks that day. I absolutely spun Jack Hunt. Um, but like I said, even away from that, I mean, they're like too high. Obviously, you know, the, the performance against that lot and the winner at Leeds are like obvious moments. But just um, the way he used to play for us was just... Uh, magic, uh, you know, we're one of them sort of, you stood up every time thinking every time he got the ball, it's like, oh, something's going to happen. <laughs> it was just a joy to watch, yeah. an absolute joy to watch. And um, I've got nothing but um, wishing well. I had no ill feelings when he left. Um, I think we got 12 mil, so I'll take that. You know, we were just in the championship yeah. at the time. And I think the, the, that actually helped us, though, because I think with that money we bought in, um, we bought in John Egan. Um, I think we bought in Norwood with that money, two players that were big reasons of why we got promoted. And I think really bringing those two in for Brooks, um, I don't know. I, it, we definitely bought Egan with that money. I don't know what we spent on Norwood, but they both came in after we sold Brooks. So I know Egan was definitely bought on the back of the Brooks money. I can't remember what we spent on Norwood. It might have been next to nothing, but I think really bringing those two in. Um, we're one of the. I think if we'd have kept Brooks and not those two, we probably wouldn't have got promoted. Like he'd have been brilliant, but yeah. bringing those two players in, both a centre back and a, a midfielder, that were both massive reasons why we got promoted. So even when he left, he half got us promoted just in his in his in his transfer fee. 
But yeah, and I had no ill feelings for him leaving. I think you were Premiership at the time. Yeah. Yep, we certainly um, were. Yeah. So yeah, no ill feelings. Um, met him when I came to your place. Always comes across as like a really sound lad. Mm-hmm. Um, we were all really upset when we heard the bad news about his diagnosis back in October 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, the club, like Sheffield, and not not just fans going, oh sorry about that, but the actual our club, I think, put a statement out because. Yep. Even though we, I mean, we bought him from Man City when he was like, Christ knows how old. And so I think he'd been in our, our youth team a bit. And then that that first te- season in the championship was a star for us and first name on the team sheet. So only had a season with us, but he's just we got just held in such regard. He just endeared himself to the fans that much. Um, comes across a right nice lad. And I was listening to him on a podcast earlier and they're saying, oh, it's great news that he's not just got, he's not just got the old clear, but he's also seems to have, some people get an illness or an injury and then they come back, but they're never quite as good. But from what I've seen, he is starting to reach the heights he had. I think he's mm-hmm. scoring goals for Wales. I think, I mean, how's he playing for you a lot at the minute? Is he is he sort of back to where he was before the, the diagnosis? To be honest, I wish Iriola would give him more time, but I think he's been absolutely outstanding. He's yeah. been one of the better players when he's been given the opportunity. Now, whether or not that's Iriola protecting him, because there was a point last season when we thought he was going to come back, and that was around about October, September, October time. And then he had a little bit of a setback, um, but then managed it towards the end of that t- campaign. Um, but I think he's been brilliant. I think he's been out- outstanding. Um, and he was outstanding before the the diagnosis for Hodgkin lymphoma. Um, you know, that goal against Brighton, um, which really kick-started that season when he joined us as well. Um, you know that was something you know of course crowd went mental and I'll tell you what that was a brilliant brilliant goal Um, and he is such a lovely guy such a lovely man Um, when just before of course it was announced we played Luton at home and you could tell he didn't have yeah it was like David Brooks has always been very, very consistent for us. Yeah. But you could tell something wasn't right that game. Um, you know, we didn't know that at the time. We just thought, right, okay, he's had a bad game. You know, he's not on the ball. But, of course, it all come out um, that the Wales national team doctor had diagnosed him um, and sent him for tests, which is, you know, how it was all discovered initially. So... Fair play to him for even playing in that game because I believe that diagnosis or those tests happened before that Luton game. So yeah. fair play to him for playing in that game. Um, yeah. Because I believe that is the way, um, you know, don't quote me on it. I believe that's the way it all panned out. But it's great to see him back. Um, yeah. Lovely man. And he is back to where he was, which I at one point never thought he would be you know unfortunately yeah because your body oh yeah takes so much uh, help i remember like we were saying even when he sort of returned to the stands for that game against forest you could see he still wasn't wasn't well um so it was like but it's like now he, he looks back to you know like he did beforehand um yeah it is brilliant really and the fact that like he's one of those players like um if I ever see that he's scored, I'm like, yes. Like, even though, like, you know what I mean? It's like, if it's like Bournemouth or Wales, I'm like, oh, nice one. Brooks has, Brooks has scored. So, 
I sort of like, I really hope he doesn't score. Well, obviously, I hope no one scores for Bournemouth, but like, look for the like, I don't know. I mean, of all the players to score, I hope it's him. If 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 anyone's got to score for Bournemouth, let it be Brooks. But I was also like, bloody hell, like, I sort of want to stand up and clap. Like, not quite, but <laughs> yeah. So um, I really hope, I'm looking forward to giving him a warm reception. I think, I really hope we do a bit of like, our, our announcer just does a bit of like, welcome back to the lane. David Brooks and that we all sort of like clap because you know um, yeah. he left with no ill feelings. Um, we all sort of knew, yeah, because we were sort of you know we'd sort of dropped off towards the end with Championship. You were Prem. We got twelve mil. You think a young lad? Yeah, go on, get, get yourself in the Prem. Go on. So hopefully he can uh, can kick on and uh, get get you know maybe even get up to like a move to like an even even like bigger Prem side or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sort of like. And then just really kick on in his career and reach the heights that he can and should reach. So, yeah, great player, gave us some fantastic memories and will always be uh, remembered very fondly at Bramall Lane, even though we only had a season out of him. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I wanted, you know, he was one man that I wanted to bring up with you because I know Sheffield United fans are so fond of him. Um, Yeah. There was another man, of course, um, who has got a link. We'll, we'll only quickly touch on him um, because he's, well, become number two at Arsenal. He's number two for England, a lot of people would say. Uh, Rambo. Um, yeah, he's, he's not remembered as fondly. <laughs> go, on, reasons. go on, go on, Ben. <laughs> we ended up getting Player of the Year, and I think probably even, maybe even deservedly so. I think I voted for McGoldrick that season, but I think for the first half, maybe even first two thirds, three quarters of that season, whatever your fraction to do, it was pretty crap for us. Yeah, he was getting a lot of shots coming in, but there was quite a few mistakes. People used to call him Papa Dom Hands. Yeah. Um, but then I think in like the last third, uh, it was incredible for us. Like the last third, I see it was a meet at the saves he was like pulling off. But some of them we were already relegated at this point, but still, you think like bloody hell, and that's what earned him the move to Arsenal. Because yeah. if he'd have carried on the same vein he had for the first bit of the season, he wouldn't have. He'd probably still be with us now, or you know what I mean. He wouldn't have gone to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what got him the move to Arsenal for that. Like, I don't know if we like sell him for about twenty odd mil or something. Um, got Player of the Year, and then I think it was like sort of the season after, and we we'd gone to West Brom away. And I think in the week building up to that, he'd refuse to try and force through his move to Arsenal. He'd refuse to train to force through his move. And then yeah. we've got like Michael Verips in net for West Brom away. who had a howl of a game. We lost 4-0. He's like patting him into his own net. It was that bad. Um, and wasn't even match fixing. It was just that it was genuinely that bad, flipping because Ramsdale had gone on strike. Then gets his move to Arsenal. So it's just like you flipping work shy, flipping striking prima donna. Like refusing to train to force through his move. So yeah, he there are people that despise him at Sheffield United, even though he gave us a brilliant end to the season, obviously not too little too late. Got one player of the season. Um, yeah, he is not remembered in fondly at all at Bromwell Lane. Um, and I think for me, if you're going to refuse to train, forget it, you're dead to us. No, fair you, enough. You get, if you get a move to Arsenal, like, you know, like Brooks, Brooks, Brooks didn't go on strike to get forced to move. Brooks got a move up to a, um, a club in a higher division for more money. Fine, you've earned it, brilliant. Whereas like Ramsdale, people are already a bit like, oh yeah, he was is he crap, is he good? Well, he ended he ended up really well. He got player of the season. Then he's like refusing to train. Um, and then he didn't he didn't travel to West Brom. We got smashed 4-0. Um 
and then he gets his move to Arsenal and everyone's like, oh, he's amazing at Arsenal. It's like, well, he's a knob. So, yeah, he is not remembered fondly at all at Bramall Lane. No, fair enough. And his dad, of course, has come out and um, a little bit hacked off at Mikel Arteta um, and, of course, Rambo being dropped. Um, do you, well, you he's made some mistakes, hasn't he? And then he's come yeah. out and saying that I can't concentrate on of 90 minutes. What do you expect's going to happen if you're the flipping, you know, going for the title? Yeah. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, there is one last thing we have to do. Um, and we do this with all of our special guests. Um, but we'll do that just after you tell everybody where they can find the Travelling Blade. So you can find me on uh, YouTube, uh, Travelling Blade on YouTube. Uh, I'll be doing a vlog uh, this Saturday. Hopefully it's filming a United win. But whatever happens, I will be filming, we'll be uploading. So, yeah, you can catch up the uh, on the Bournemouth vlog this Saturday or Sunday, probably have it out on Sunday. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Travelling Blade as well, so you can follow me on there. So, yeah, check us out, Travelling Blade. Well, hopefully you won't be seeing a United win. You'll see a Bournemouth win. But, hey, you know, at the end of the day, we shall see. We've got to predict this game now, Ben. How do you reckon it's going to go? Oh, I hate, I hate predicting i never like to try and predict a win for united because i think i'll curse it i think both teams will score my my hopeful is i'm hoping for a 2-1 victory but i wouldn't be surprised at a one all draw but I'll, I'll try and be optimistic and go for a 2-1 victory to united but i do think both teams will score i'm gonna go of course i'm not gonna bet against my own team here, although I have been doing that quite a few times this season, I think we'll carry on that decent. Well, after that decent result against Newcastle, I think it'll be a 3 2 win for Bournemouth, but I think David Brooks will actually come back and score. Um, uh, and I'm sure, oh you know, I, I'm, I'm sure he'll get a bit of applause from the Sheffield United fans for a minute. At right at the very end, but until he um, scores, we'll be like flagging him off. Then going, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just before you go, as well, um, let's annoy that other part of Sheffield because they're oh. not going through a good time at all, are they? At the moment, they've, um, they've, kept, they've kept us going this season, so thank you. They've kept us going through the dark times when we we're getting hammered, and then two days later they get hammered. It's like, oh, could always be worse. Yeah. And of course, they've got ownership problems, and the owner wants the fans to effectively pay the wages of the team. A GoFundMe like... started. People, people pledged money. There was like a, a just giving or a GoFundMe Kickstarter kind of thing that was started. I don't know who started it, but money was donate. Money was donated, and it comes out the next day and going, "Oh, I was just speaking hypothetically." Um, so, yeah. Um, and they got some like mad transfer like ban now or something. I don't know, but they're they're probably on the brink of another point deduction. To be fair, the way they're carrying on, so long may it continue. <laughs> well, they'll be going back to League One. You know, let's be honest, they're not going to get out of that this season, are they? I know it's sort of like I was saying earlier. It's sort of we sort of mirror each other in how crap we are at times. I think it was back in twenty twenty one when we had that nightmare Premier League season, and we both went down. We went down to the Championship. Went they went down to League One and. At the minute, it's looking like it's on the cards again. Another Sheffield double dip. So, 
You've got to be a bit optimistic now, though, Ben, because let's be honest, Everton are in that mix. They'll overtake us, though. I'll tell you now, because they, they, so? they, they hit some very good form. I mean, see how this yeah. affects... If anything, they might even be better now because the fans, Everton fans, are very, very angry, very they're constantly yes. annoyed fans. So they'll be like, really, like, come on, behind them. Well, I remember I used to live with one at, at uni. So um, <laughs> Ever- Goodison Park will be um, rocking. I think they're all they're also quick to quick to get to on their players' backs and they'll let their team know yeah. if they're annoyed. But I think now they've had a ten point deduction, it will almost like you uh, unify them. So. I mean, they did. They did. I think they did a, a bit of good form, to be fair, as well. But I think they'd started to move up. I think they'd reached about. Well, they reached about fourteen points, and at that point, you yeah. start looking at. All right, you know, are we going to start to? Re- they'd started to venture toward mid 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 table and create a, a buffer between the likes of us and and them. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the results, but I swear they'd started picking up, and then. Um, I think this will really. You know, off, often Everton fans are pissed off with the owner, annoyed with the players, um, and they'll let them know. But I think this will really sort of, because um, they'll feel like downtrodden on and like it's us against the world. And I think that if they harness that mentality, it, I think Goodison Park will be the hardest place to go to this season. Well, it, it's going to... think there's always the appeal as well. There's always the appeal. Yeah. I could, I, now you've said it, I wouldn't be surprised that it does galvanise them. But, you know, I think... There's reasons now, shining lights, that you know Sheffield United fans should be optimistic, and hopefully Bournemouth fans as well. But, yeah. Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Not a problem at all. Do go and subscribe to the Tra- Travelling Blade. The link is in the description as well. But, Ben, absolute pleasure, and no doubt we'll catch up with you later on in the season. Yeah, see you then. And thank you, everybody, for joining us on this show. Please remember to hit the like, the subscribe, the bell button below to be alerted to any new videos we do here on Up the Cherries in All Departments. Please do also check out all of our other recent videos, um, plus our interviews as well that we've done. Um, you can find those on the interview tab just below. But until the next one, Up the Cherries, and we'll see you then. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.